You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily fantasy football podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Come to the site now. Check out all you need there to get you into the weekend of week three, your picks against the spread, your picks straight up, your uh, sleepers and bus picks, uh, positional rankings, and, of course, my calm. The signature starts hit the decider, so check that out. It gives you all... The information you need to know on the matchups of the week. And we also have some betting posts on the primetime games as well that you can check out there at sportingnews.com. Here on Lockdown Fantasy Football, we're up to lineup Friday. That means uh, a mixed bag of things, but mainly focusing on some DraftKings lineup construction here for cash games and tournaments. Uh, and uh, we're also going to add a new segment this week early, what we learned from our DraftKings lineup, good or bad. And what we can take to the next week and the construction there and uh, trying to do better and win a little bit more every week. And that's what we're trying to do with cash games and tournaments, try to just be more competitive, uh, no matter if we're playing a lot of entries or a few entries here and there, no matter how high stakes or how low stakes we're entering the fray here. We want to kind of uh, develop this and go on the journey together. Uh, We'll also do at the top of the show, we'll, do our takeaways from the Titans Jaguars Thursday night game uh, in the middle. We'll actually look at players and the values you want to put in on your DraftKings lineup. And then we'll close the show like we always do in closing the week with our updates, look at the injuries and things you need to know before we get the injury designations here coming out on Friday later in the day. We'll just uh, give you an idea of who we think is playing and not playing based on the information we have as well to a help you kind of settle your lineups in seasonal leagues for the weekend as well. So let's go ahead and dive in to our takeaways from Thursday Night Football. The Jaguars, in a mild upset, dominate the Titans 20-7. to Story here was Gardner Minshew. He's becoming more viable here as we've lost Drew Brees and Bud Roethlisberger. Technically, we lost Andrew Luck as well early in the season. And some of the backups that you looked at, Sam Darnold, are on the shelf, uh, Cam Newton. Gardner Minshew is definitely in the conversation as a usable fantasy player. Another solid game here. Two touchdowns. The second time in three games he's done that. 204 yards there for Minshew. Two TDs, no interceptions. He also added 18 yards rushing. He was the story of this game for sure. He just looks confident out there. And DJ Chark is his main man, go-to guy. He comes through again. Four catches for 76 yards and a TD. On five targets. This kid is just talented. He was covered. This was a tough secondary. But Minshew was throwing dimes down there. Shark was just in position. He's shown he's a lot more than a deep threat. And I don't know if this would have happened if Nick Foles was in there. I think there was a good chemistry there between Minshew and Shark. Foles and Dede Westbrook had that. We saw it was a little off there between Dede and Minshew. Five for 46 on nine targets. A few drops for Westbrook. Chris Conley only two for 30 on three targets, but he's looking for Chark when they throw downfield quite a bit here. And James O'Shaughnessy, the second tight end to Jeff Swaim, had the other touchdown. The concerning thing was Leonard Fournette. Uh, he had a minus nine yards rushing until he bursted for 69 yards. 
He flipped, fl quickly flipped his day to 66. They're rushing and another uh, 26 receiving. So he uh, turned it in a decent, they overall give you 9.2 points in standard. And in uh, PPR, those uh, six receptions were really nice as well to make it 15.2. But it looked like a pretty dark day and you were salvaging some PPR value so you wouldn't get negative points. But Fournette, again, still the main man that they're using. No one really else involved in this rushing attack, really. No one else got carries other than Minshew. So Fournette is getting the volume. Eventually that's going to turn into something special. He could have had a touchdown there late in the game. They also were in the red zone. They preferred to throw to Shaughnessy early in the game on a short 70-yard drive. So the touchdowns are going to come for Fournette. And the more Minshew throws this way and teams are daring him to beat them, loading the box to stop Fournette, things are going to start opening up. This teams are going to have to respect Chark and Conley and their speed downfield, Westbrook being a matchup nightmare. So that's a good thing about Minshew and his development. Stay in there with Fournette. He's been okay, not great, but you know the volume is going to be there. The talent is definitely there. You saw in that burst run when people weren't um, crowding him necessarily and they were worn down a bit. And uh, So Fournette hang in there, but Minshew definitely has to be on the radar more as a QB2 that we can use in certain weeks, bye weeks, uh, injuries, those type of things. Uh, DJ Chark certainly in the conversation consistently now with three scores in three games, clearly the number one for Minshew as a wide receiver two, I think. That's how far he's come right now, even more so than wide receiver three. When you produce that way, that's how you have to consider. Now we know Marcus Mariota is not even a QB2. He's barely even a QB3. He did have 304 yards, which is bizarre. He struggled for most of the game, but he took nine sacks, no touchdowns here. Did protect the ball, so that's good for him. At least uh, we got out of there in this mess with Derrick Henry getting that short touchdown run. It was tough sledding for him most of the day. People are daring him, Mariota, to throw, put him in bad down and distance situations, and he has not responded here. 17 for 44, and a touchdown for Henry. Again, one yard plunge. It was pretty easy to get that score for Henry as Mariota took it down to the one. So, they got a penalty as well. So, Henry's going to salvage himself a lot that way. There was one play where he dropped. It looked a lot like that Browns play where he could have taken it to the house as a uh, receiver, but uh, didn't quite happen there to make Henry's day a little bit better and maybe the Titans' day a little bit better as well. Now, you look at uh, Adam Humphreys. We knew at some point he was getting involved. and We knew Delaney Walker and him had the most PPR attraction here. Six for 93 on nine targets. It took a long play at the end of the game to really make his day a payoff. But 15.3 in a PPR, not bad. Even 9.3 in a standard. So Adam Humphreys probably wasn't owned and not used. But he's definitely a guy that they want to get involved here along with Delaney Walker. This is where the offense is going to go mostly. Seven for 64 for Walker. So not bad for a tight end uh, production there on a night where the offense is completely shut down. Corey Davis, however, I mean, had one one-headed catch, Odell Beckham Jr. like play, but three for 44 on four targets. They just don't use this guy involved or get him involved enough here, and I think it's pretty sad. I mean, this is a number one uh, first-round draft pick. He's got tons of talent, size, hands, speed. They just really struggle to get it to him, and maybe when Taylor Lewan comes back and we saw that Jameel Douglas was a turnstile there for uh, Calais Campbell and others there. They need Taylor Lewan bad back in this lineup. I mean, four-game suspension. He's almost there. This is game number three. So the Jaguars' pass rush really tough for the Titans. The Titans' schedule gets a little easier. Things are going to be better for Henry here. I don't think things are going to get that much better for uh, Mariota, however. And uh, 
Again, squeeze what you can out of Walker right now. Humphreys if you're deep league for PPR. But uh, A.J. Brown, that's done here. Only one catch for four yards on five targets. He was bottled up. He's still having trouble breaking free as a rookie route runner. Corey Davis, if they ever involve him more, we can start considering him, but not at this point. So really you're looking at Walker and Henry and not too much where you're going to trust in this Jaguars D but or offense. But overall, I think just wait till Lawan. I think that's going to be a big help at least to uh, the value of Henry because that means the Titans can stay in games and run, but you have to be pleased that, that he's scoring four touchdowns here in three games for Henry, and that's what you got him for as an RB2. Now, we'll uh, talk about the actual specific uh, DFS values and targets this week as we construct our lineups a little bit later. But first, uh, we're, we want to just think about what we did last week with our uh, history. And, uh, you know, it wasn't that great a week, and it wasn't really that great a week if you look at some of the high-scoring games there that uh, some surprises there happened uh, we thought Alvin Kamara was going to be a little bit better than the Drew Brees injury hurt. That really hurt us in the tournament setup. But what we learned really from the first week is when we had David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell in our lineups there, and we uh, went over 200. We we peaked around uh, 161.70 there in our tournament uh, stab. Was, we really need to have that backfield studs come through. We need high-volume backs. They're going to catch the ball, have some smash games here to really make this happen. It's really hard to win a tournament and really a cash game there unless you have a two stud backs. And really in a cash game, you can get away with one and a sleeper who gets bumped up for extra value because of injury, something like that. But in a uh, tournament, I think it really helps to uh, start with looking at two backfield guys that are going to go off and start with there and then do your dark throws a little bit at a uh, wide receiver and uh, mix things up to try to get the best value at quarterback. So I think that's how you would kind of look at it. If you were uh, constructing a team from scratch and you could just pick whoever you wanted, you'd obviously start with the two elite backs there, find some big play receivers, and then uh, fill in quarterback and tight end later as your values there. So that's what we learned there in terms of uh, what we want to do, and we'll apply that here in the next segment for sure, as we look at our week three DraftKings lineups. But first, uh, I got to tell you, this episode of Lockdown Fantasy Football is brought to you by Peloton. Can't find a workout that keeps you engaged? Peloton is an immersive cardio experience with real-time features that will always keep you coming back. You can get $100 off accessories when you purchase the Peloton bike and get a great cardio workout at home. Go to onepeloton.com. Use promo code LOCK to get started now. And uh, this... Uh, episode of Lockdown Fantasy Football is also brought to you by my bookie. We're all getting ready to watch some football this weekend. I can't wait to dive into our fantasy football team, see how they fare there all weekend long. Uh, check out some college football as well on Saturday as our appetizers. We're excited when we have our guys score game winning touchdowns and it's even better and more exciting, however, when you take it to my bookie and bet on these games. Uh, and my bookie is a smart thing to do in the business. MyBookie.ag. No one gives you more ways to win than they do. My bookie's got the fastest payouts and has better lines than any other online sports book. And don't forget, where you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting on. And MyBookie.ag is clearly where you want to go. It's the best for players, good player perks. That's where I play and it's where you should 
too. And it's nice because there's all different kinds of games. There's live in-game betting, so things can change. You can change it up. And uh, when they're during games, if you like to bet a little and win a lot, you can try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings very fast. It's the best time of the year to go to my bookie, the NFL season, whatever game you're playing, including a fantasy football props uh, in terms of over-under, in terms of what a player will score in a given week. And if you join now, my bookie will double your first deposit. All you have to do is pro- use the promo code locked on. That's right. Use the promo code locked on and you'll get doubled your first deposit. Visit mybookie.ag today. My bookie, you play, you win, you get paid. We'll be right back here with our look at our construction for DraftKings lineups here in week number three. All right, uh, let's continue the show here, uh, looking at our specific DraftKings lineup thoughts here for week number three. And uh, again, we usually look at the classic, so that's the uh, one o'clock slate here. So avoid the prime time there overall, and uh, go from there. Uh, so let's uh, start at looking at quarterback and what uh, stood out to me this week. In terms of cash games, I think a quarterback that really stood out was Russell Wilson at 6300 He's a little bit cheaper than Dak Prescott at 6500 I want to save that $200, but Wilson's at home. We know he's been solid here early in the season. Multiple TD passes. Guys are getting open. He's going to get David Moore back this week at wide receiver. Will Disley came in the mix with two scores. DK Metcalf's look good. Tyler Lockett at home. The Saints secondary, really awful. Good matchup there for Wilson. Uh, Saints can be a little tough on the run, so you can throw the ball in there multiple times for scores. We know Wilson has been outstanding here to start the season. So that's where the cash game kind of lies there with Prescott 65 and Wilson at 63. Prescott in that smash spot there against the uh, Dolphins at home. You can look there. I mean, you got some other values later. I think you can look at Josh Allen at 5,900. But for a cash game, I want somebody I know is going to produce and be consistent. So I'm looking at Russell Wilson there. I think stood out to me because you had uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and Aaron Rodgers and Cam Newton behind. Uh, I, and Drew Brees is even priced there, who's not even playing. So I, I look there, and it, if you're a little up feeling that the volume is going to pay off Josh Allen and Kyler Murray, not bad options at 59, 5,800, but... Again, I'm okay to pay up a little bit more in a cash game for a guy like Wilson, where I know what I'm going to get for sure there, and I'd take advantage of that. And then Wilson also has a potential for a pretty big game against the Saints as well at home, where he can light it up, and he's off to a really hot start in the season. Now, in terms of uh, our tournament quarterbacks, uh, there's definitely a bit of a wild card look that I'm interested in uh, Matthew Stafford and Jameis Winston that's the kind of the range on DraftKings 5500 for Stafford 5400 for Winston I think Winston can rebound big time the Giants are not a scary pass defense he's at home he looked better last week this could be a little higher scoring game than we think here I think some people are looking at Daniel Jones a little bit of a contrarian at 5000 but for $400 more I'd rather have Winston at home here 
and doing the damage. Uh, somewhat funny, you might look at Kirk Cousins at 5,100. My, my concern there is that the Vikings are totally fine with uh, running the ball, and they should dominate. Their big favorites there can run all over Oakland. So that kind of helps us uh, know where we're going at running back a little bit. But again, Winston 54, Stafford 5,500. He's on the road at Philadelphia, but he's off to a hot start. He's averaging a 24.4. Fantasy points for game. Had a big one in week one against the Cardinals. Came back even with nothing going on against the, the uh, Chargers. Was still able to produce there with Kenny Galladay. And the uh, Eagles secondary is a mess unless they get Jalen Ramsey here over the weekend uh, after our uh, pub time. Uh, I like Stafford. There's going to be some garbage opportunities. The Eagles are a heavy favorite. If you're second half, Stafford's going to be tossing the rock quite a bit here. So... Winston and more back and forth fair Stafford and maybe catch up mode with Carson Wentz on the other side. So I like those particular values more. And uh, again, if you go a little deeper, you start getting into guys that you're not thrilled at. I mean, keep in mind, Josh McCown is 4,800, which is crazy there. He's uh, not even playing here. Mason Rudolph, you could look at as a play as well. A bit contrarian, but 4,800. And uh, if you get really uh, desperate here, uh, Kyle Allen at 4,000. Is not a bad way to go. You could really smash and stack up at other spot. If he's definitely starting for Cam Newton, I mean, you're not going to get a quarterback much cheaper than that. Consider he's cheaper or in the same price range as David Blau, Nate Sutfeld, and uh, Brett Hundley. These guys we know are not doing anything. But Allen at 4000 right now, uh, it's got to have some appeal. He played well in spot relief. This Cardinals uh, defense is not necessarily the best at stopping the pass, and he's got some weapons there and so that obviously opens up a lot of possibilities but that's more more to me a tournament play with Allen for sure at quarterback now when we turn to running back there's two names that stand out in the high price range Ezekiel Elliott 8900 at home against the Dolphins this could be a multiple touchdown 150 type yard game for Ezekiel Elliott I think he could return well on the investment of 8900 this week so keep that in mind and uh you'll have to punt a little bit at wide receiver or switch maybe kyle allen is in your lineup there at uh, quarterback for 4000 but elliott is definitely a big target here as well as a dalvin cook at 7800 i mean the raiders numbers against the run have been a bit inflated here the chiefs didn't really run it much they just threw it and had some injuries there and chucked in week one the broncos offense was anemic but Dalvin Cook has been very explosive here I know he's not contrarian he's gonna be in there he's like uh, Todd Gurley was early last season everyone wants him every week but he's worth it especially in this spot here so again it's crazy that you can save $1,100 and get him in instead of uh, Elliott but there's a lineup where I'm going to make it possible if I can get both of these guys in I'm going to do it so again we said we want the stud Elliott is a stud I'm going to try to get in my cash lineups and the tournament lineups this week. A Cook, more of a tournament play because I think in cash, a lot of people will have him as well. So I, I think if you're looking at other values, I want backs that are going to touch the ball quite a bit. And there's a lot of issues here. I mean, Kerryon Johnson has a tough matchup at the Eagles. Mark Ingram could be out of the game script at the Chiefs. Marlon Mack is banged up. Chris Carson uh, had the fumbling issues. Josh Jacobs is hurt. So a lot of these values, value volume backs are really 
Harding, the one guy I might circle is Frank Gore and or Devin Singletary. It looks like Devin Singletary is not going to play here. Hamstring, we'll talk about the injury updates later. But if Singletary's out for sure. Frank Gore, Bengals gave up so much yardage. TJ Yeldon's only going to cut into a little bit if he has to be activated here. 4,400 for Gore. So he's another guy that uh, could see a heavy workload there. Peyton Barber, not bad either. 4,600. And 4,900, I think. Devontae Freeman finally has a good game here against a bad uh, Colts run defense. So some targets there that you can look at that are good values that can give you good return. And uh, to me, again, I want that one of those studs in my tournament uh, lineup. Uh, sometimes I like to get two in the cash, definitely one. And uh, if you're going cash, I think Frank Gore is a very nice option. So Singletary said such a cheap value against a really bad run defense here in week number three. Now, at wide receiver, as we sift through here, uh, there's a lot of injuries, we know that, so that's something you can exploit. Like, the highest I might go this week is Antonio Brown at 7,100. Jets secondary is terrible. The Patriots are certainly making a case to deploy him and use him as much as possible. So, again, that's where I'm looking. I mean, Chris Godwin always has appeal at 6,900. Uh, if I go down a little bit, uh, Kenny Galladay, 6,600, the cash and tournaments. I really like him. He's a big play receiver. He's also been the go-to receiver for Stafford. It makes sense in a stack with Stafford there in tournaments to uh, look at Kenny Galladay for sure. Uh, he's been outstanding using his body outside and uh, scored in both games so far. So very good start for Galladay working with Stafford. Clearly his most targeted and trusted go-to guy there now. We've had some injuries to Deshaun Jackson, Michael Gallup, Alshon Jeffrey. So that creates some values later if you uh, dig deeper and deeper. And uh, I go under the 5,000 range, and there's a lot to like there. Uh, You have Mike Williams at 4,900. He's due for a multiple touchdown, big type of game. I think he's going to be a little healthier this week. Keenan Allen's a little bit banged up. They need someone to step up and score. The Texans secondary has had a lot of issues. They uh, struggled with DJ Chark. Uh, they struggled with Michael Thomas. The size of Williams in the red zone could be a problem there. So he's a chance for multiple touchdowns. And more of a tournament play at 4,900 uh, than cash because he can be a little bit up and down. But I really like that as value. DK Metcalf at 4,700 putting together Wilson in a stack. You don't have to stack in cash. And you could use Wilson conceivably in a tournament too. But 47 for Metcalf to pair him with uh, his uh, guys uh, pretty nice this week but you can dig really deep this week Nelson Aguilar is 3600 he's going to have to see a lot of targets there he should get a nice return James Washington playing with his college quarterback Mason Rudolph should do a little bit more damage this week garbage time the 49ers having given up some big plays there we saw it to uh, John Ross Washington is very similar built receiver to Ross Maybe that'll be open as well if the 49ers have a lead there. Washington getting a lot of targets there from his buddy Rudolph. And Devin Smith at 3,400. He's filling in for Michael Gallup. So this is what happens sometimes. These guys, injuries create values. Got to know who the next player up that could have appeal. And Devin Smith certainly has that. No Minka Fitzpatrick for the deep ball there to protect it. For the Dolphins at 3,400 there for Devin Smith. Certainly after a big game last week, catching all three targets for over 70 yards and a long touchdown that uh, 
Devin Smith is going to be involved in some way, creating a shot playoff play action with Elliott having a big game that would make sense. And I don't even mind having him and Elliott in the lineup because they are a little bit more correlated than you think. Elliott having a big game and then having a shot, especially with Amari Cooper maybe seeing some of Xavier and Howard, it would all make sense for Devin Smith to do something in this particular week. So that's where we're looking at uh, our wide receivers for this week. And now at tight end, we know what it's like. It's just like seasonal leagues where we want to look for either that stud early or just wait late. Mark Andrews, I think a lot of people will be on, but George Kittle is due for a big game here. And the Steelers just gave up a couple touchdowns to Will Disley. Uh, I really like this matchup for Kittle. Uh, again, the Steelers' corners can be a little tricky there with Joe Hayden and Steven Nelson. And Fitzpatrick is now, but Kittle, no one can cover him. And I think 5600 there. You save a little bit of money from Travis Kelsey, 1500 from there. A little bit more appeal from Zach Ertz. I know Ertz could see a lot of targets here, but uh, I'd still like Kittle and his chance to score a touchdown as well as a big day. Evan Ingram against the Bucks. they just gave up a huge day to Greg Olson. So Kittle and Ingram are where I'm going early if I'm looking at values there. Now, if I'm looking at values late, there's definitely a circle there all around uh, Jared Cook, 3,800, Jason Witten, 3,700, and Greg Olson, 3,700. Now, Witten, why I like him, he scored in the first two games. They're playing the Dolphins. The simple said that he could have easily uh, 40 yards and a score here, and that would be a nice return at 3,700. Greg Olson, uh, the Cardinals have given up the most two tight ends right now early in the season, so that that's good. And by the way, the Dolphins are actually second most in giving up points. So Witten and Olsen definitely stand out with that value. They've been returning well here. And uh, with uh, Kyle Allen starting, I think you'll trust Olsen a little bit more in the middle of the field as a security blanket. Could see a lot of targets here in this. So those are really good values at 3,700 there. Now, Jared Cook, if you want to go a little bit higher than that, 38, uh, I think might be more of a tournament play to me, him and O.J. Howard, because they haven't do, done too much. They're at the same price point. But the uh, Giants have really struggled to cover the tight ends, and the Seahawks have as well. Out of the gate, they allowed two touchdowns to Vance McDonald last week. The Giants allowed those touchdowns to uh, Witten and Blake Jarwin in week number one. So there's some things uh, opening up there for Howard and Cook to have a rebound. But it's hard to trust their usage in the offense right now. Uh, Howard, bit of a doghouse with Bruce Arians, Cook uh, adjusting to a new quarterback. So, Witten and Olsen are a bit safer, and that's where I may want to go in uh, cash games overall because Witten definitely has a good chance to score this week, and Olsen, good chance for another yardage day here in week number three. So, there's are kind of the values at the positions there. Now, let's look at defense. Now, we always try to go as low as possible on defense, I think I might look at the Chargers at 2,500 here. That's about as low I want to go. They're at home. The Texans can give up some sacks. You can get some cheap value. Watson can turn over the ball here. Good secondary can make some plays here. So Chargers, I think that's the lowest you can go at 2,500. Then you get into some really bad ones like the Bengals at 2,400. No, you're not going to go there. Now, if you're going to go a little bit high-end, I wouldn't mind getting the Patriots as much as possible, 3,800. I'd rather have them than the Cowboys at 43. The Patriots, you know, make a lot of big plays, and they've been dominant. They could shut down the Jets. Cowboys are more bend, don't break, and not necessarily they're okay giving up some yardage there. So if you're going to go expensive, I save the 500, play the Patriots. This week in the middle of the road, you can certainly 
look at the 49ers here. Again, the 3,200 as a play as well this week. So that's how I kind of uh, focus on defense and special teams on DraftKings lineup. So hopefully that gives you some names there to construct. I don't want to lock into you what I have exactly because I want to give you those options there, but there's different ways to construct it, and I don't think... We all look at things the same way in constructing our defense lineups in terms of specific players, but our philosophies, uh, if we line those up a little bit, then we can uh, cash in in different ways here, hopefully on DraftKings in week number three. We'll be right back in a moment with our injury updates here to get you into the weekend. But guys, first, I got to talk about sex. That's right. Not just good sex, not just great sex, spectacular sex. And the only way that you can uh, feel that confidence again is by going to bluechew.com, increase your performance and get that extra confidence that you're looking for. Blue Chew, with Blue Chew, you get the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know that it works. You can take Blue Chew anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And because it's a chewable, it can work up to twice as fast as pills. So you can be ready whenever that opportunity arises. We're all used to talking a big game, but sometimes we need help with our follow-through to really uh, deliver. And uh, Blue Chews is going to help get you that extra function and more confidence where it counts. It's a fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Blue Chew prepares and ships directly to you, so they're cheaper than a pharmacy. And Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in discreet package, so none of that awkwardness that comes with an in-person doctor's visit or waiting in the pharmacy. And because of they're made in the USA and uh, preparing ship directly to you, they're cheaper than what you can get at a pharmacy as well. Right now, there's a special deal for you, the listener, to Locked on Fantasy Football. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use the special promo code Locked On. That's right. Just pay the $5 shipping. Again, it's B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W, BlueChew.com. Promo code locked on to try it for free. Blue Chew, the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them for sponsoring Locked On Fantasy Football. We'll be right back here to get you caught up on the practice reports and injury updates here for week number three. All right, uh, we're almost done with our week of shows here and with lineup Friday, but we can't. Uh, get out of here until we give you the injury updates. We'll go down by position here as we did with our DraftKings lineup construction. Quarterbacks, uh, we mentioned Kyle Allen being a value there at 4,000 on DraftKings. Doesn't look good for Cam Newton. He's walking boot foot, missed two days of practice. I'll be shocked if there's any way he plays this week. So take advantage of that. Kyle Allen's cheap. Not a bad, uh, again, contrarian play there for sure. Jacoby Brissett is uh, practicing in full. He's good for the Falcons. Patrick Mahomes, ankle, still a little bit banged up, but okay for the Ravens. Josh Rosen, he's practicing in full. The notable thing is he is starting over Ryan Fitzpatrick against the Cowboys. It doesn't mean much to you, but maybe this will change who the targets are and maybe some value there. Tom Brady has been limited for two days with a calf injury, but we know he's playing. Drew Brees, we know he's not playing. He had surgery on his right thumb. Teddy Bridgewater is going to start, but Taysom Hill is also going to see some action in this game in some form, hinted by Sean Payton. Sam Darnold not playing. Luke Falk, you're not looking at him. Jameis Winston is dealing with a foot injury himself, but he's fine. He's practicing full, good to go against the Giants. Good matchup, good value there in DFS. Arizona Cardinals, uh, 
David Johnson looking good. The wrist was a concern, but he's fine now. Scored last week, coming off a tough week. I think he rebounds at home. Devin Singletary, we mentioned Frank Gore is a value. Hamstring didn't practice. Not looking good for Singletary. Dontrell Hilliard coming back for the Browns, it looks like. Uh, it didn't matter. They had uh, Dearness Johnson cut in. So Chubb's not going to get all the work there against the Rams anyway, but Hilliard on the way back is a third down back. Jamal Williams, they said they want to get him more work. He's going full here with an ankle injury. He will compliment Aaron Jones against the Broncos. Uh, Carlos Hyde, shoulder, but he had this last week. He's going to play against Chargers. Good matchup there for him. Marlon Mack, we're going to watch this one carefully. He said early in the week he's going to play, but two days of no practice for Marlon Mack. And uh, Jordan Wilkins would be the guy who takes over in early downs. It would be some combination of Wilkins and Naeem Hines as the committee against the Falcons, which is not ideal when Mack is in a smash spot against the Falcons' bad run defense. Now, LaShawn McCoy looks like he actually might play this week against the Ravens. Uh, got in some limited practice in the ankle. Damian Williams does not look good with the knee. So it could be some mix of McCoy, Daryl Williams, and the rookie Darwin Thompson this week. Malcolm Brown has an ankle, but he's fine for the Rams. Uh, Josh Jacobs has a hip injury that uh, he's trying to play through here, limited. Uh, he's had some other issues as well, but I, I think he's going to suit up against the Vikings. Not a great matchup for him. James Conner looks like he's good to go. Got full practice in on Thursday, so he's out there. That's what we thought. It was a minor injury. Tevin Coleman is not going to be playing against the Steelers, still dealing with that ankle injury. We turn to a wide receiver, and uh, we look at A.J. Green. He's still out for another week, not practicing, so more of uh, Tyler Boyd in the slot. John Ross outside against the Bills. Tough matchup there. Oda Beckham Jr. is still dealing with that hip injury, still on the practice report, but he's going to be good to go after a big game against the Jets. Gets the Rams this week. Shard Higgins has a chance to return with a knee injury. That would be nice for Baker Mayfield to help uh, diversify the offense. Amari Cooper and Randall Cobb, foot and rib respectively, they're okay for the Cowboys. Michael Gallup, we know, is not going to play. I mentioned that uh, Devin Smith here as the good, nice real fill-in replacement cheap in DFS. Tournament play is a big play threat for the Cowboys. Cortland Sutton, we'll have to watch this one. He popped up on Thursday with a ribs injury there. We'll see if he can fight through it. Uh, they think he's going to play against the Packers. If you need him, he's going to be available. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, ribs uh, had the injury. He didn't have a great game last week. Could have a tough matchup with Casey Hayward this week, but again, uh, he's in your lineup every week. Quad injury for T.Y. Hilton. He's going to be okay for the Falcons. Uh, Tyreek Hill is not playing. Demarcus Robinson has an elbow injury, but he's going to help with Miko Hardman to uh, replace Hill, coming off a monstrous game against the Raiders to face the Ravens. Keen Allen has a knee injury. He's been limited. Uh, uh, Mike Williams is actually practicing in full with his knee injury, so he's the healthier of the two Chargers wide receivers. Both both those guys will be there in in there for the Texans game. Albert Wilson is going to miss a game. Not we care about Miami, but he's out again with the hip and calf probably. Traquan Smith not looking good with the ankle injury to play for the Saints. Ted Ginn is going to be okay with the thigh, but uh, still you're switching to Teddy Bridgewater, so use other. Saints receivers, not named Michael Thomas, at your own risk. Sterling Shepard looks like he's on track to return from the concussion this week. Cody Latimer looks like he's not going to return from a concussion this week. Benny Fowler will have to watch. He tweaked a hamstring there. So Shepard could uh, dominate targets there and someone we can also look at in DFS if that's the case in that matchup for Daniel Jones against the Buccaneers. Demarius Thomas doesn't look good to play for the Jets against his 
brief former team, the Patriots. Uh, Josh Bellamy, he was terrible last week, but he's going to be available there for the Jets. Uh, Tyrell Williams there, a zip injury, but he should play for the Raiders. But tough matchup against Xavier Rhodes and the Vikings this week. Looking at the, the Eagles, Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson out, Nelson Aguilar, our DFS. Good value there, especially in cash games, taking over with the targets. Uh, Trent Taylor and Jalen Hurd are still on the shelf for the 49ers. David Moore, as we mentioned, back to help Russell Wilson and the Seahawks, probably going full practice there with shoulder. Rashad Perryman, uh, limited, uh, again, not seeing him too much in this offense with the Bucks, but has a quad, he should play through it. Tight end, we have quite a few there as well. Mark Andrews will play through a foot injury against the Chiefs. Greg Olson will keep playing with his back injury against the Cardinals. Trey Burton could definitely play against the Redskins. He should be a little bit more involved. He was hardly used last week, so we'll see. Not recommended at all. C.J. Zuma is going to play with a foot injury. And some Bills, so he's really the number one over Tyler Eifert, by the way. Uh, David Njoku had the wrist injury on top of the concussion. He's not playing against the Rams. Jimmy Graham doesn't look good either with the growing. Could be a veteran's issue with him and just resting him, but not a guy that you want to jump to play against the Broncos. Travis Kelsey has a knee, but he's going full and looking good to play. Hunter Henry, we know, is going to miss another game for the Chargers. Tyler Higby doesn't look like he he, he will suit up against the Browns. Game time decision, but shaky after missing two days of practice. Matt Lacoste should be available for the Patriots. Dallas Goddard with a calf injury will not be playing for the Eagles. Vance McDonald has a back injury, but he will be playing for the Steelers. And uh, Jordan Reed, concussion uh, early week. Uh, they play on Monday night. We'll see if he's cleared, but it doesn't look good early in the week uh, practicing. And we do have a couple kickers things. Austin Siebert's been very good for the uh, Browns. He has a hip injury, but he'll be fine to kick there against the Rams. And if you've been counting on Michael Badgley coming back to make a difference, it uh, looks like he's going to come back this week, uh, take over the kicking there again for the Chargers with the right growing injury. So good news for them and that special teams unit for the Chargers. So there you have it. There's a look at all the notable injuries there you need to look at going into the weekend here. So well covered there on uh, Locked On Fantasy Football. We've got you uh, from head to toe here in terms of fantasy football. We took care of the takeaways for the week. Uh, your Waiver wire pickups, uh, the matchups, the uh, DFS lineups, the uh, injury reports. Uh, that's what we do every week on Lockdown Fantasy Football. Comprehensive look at everything out there for you. Every angle, every uh, consideration there, whether you're playing in seasonal or DFS. For Lockdown Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. Good luck in all your matchups this week. And uh, we'll see Monday with a Roundup Monday for all the takeaways from Week 3 Sunday action.